What's going on, coaches? Really appreciate you guys. All the well wishes you guys sent my way uh, on the new job down in McKinney. I really appreciate it. Can't say thank you guys enough. Um, a big video we're coming out with. Coach Wall's been working on it now for a couple of months, and it is his play-action shots. Uh, he's going about it in a completely different way than, than we've ever seen it done before. It was unbelievable to me. I loved getting to go through and watch it. Uh, and so I know you guys are going to love that too. That's over on RTP Premium, which again, can be as low as $10 a month for you guys. You get all the video that we put out and breakdown and film breakdown and you know six, seven different series, all of that on RTP Premium. You guys can also find all of our podcasts, everything over at our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formation, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with my good friend and a guy I've learned a ton from, Clarence Hawley. Coach Holly's the former DC at Stillwater High School and Broken Arrow High School here in Oklahoma. He is also the founder of Eat the Captain Football at eatthecaptain.org, a system of defense that turns kids loose to attack and make plays. Listen as we talk with Coach Holly about his awesome football journey and his lifestyle of defense. You can follow Coach Holly on Twitter at Kobe's underscore dad underscore 20. Hope you guys enjoy. Go, 
coach uh let's go ahead and get this thing started man so you know kind of how we always start this thing is kind of you know i obviously know you coach walls knows you you know through me um and and maybe has been at one of the you know several places that you've been uh in the past several years but kind of give everyone else you know your your football background your football journey if you will from uh playing days to coaching and how that brought you to where you are now right so i so i'm an old guy you know i'm older than your dad rowdy so, uh, you know, so my timeline is long and like a lot of coaches, it's got a lot of stops in it. Uh, you're, you're on, you're probably starting that journey now to start putting all those freaking, uh, bumper stickers on your suitcase as you go through life. But, uh, started coaching, you know, in the, in the late eighties, you know, out of, you know, out of school, coached high school ball for three years in Arkansas uh, and went back to Arkansas Tech where I'd gone to school and uh, went back there as a GA, was a GA there for a year and um, got a defensive backs job at Northwest Oklahoma out in Alva. Was there one semester and Tech hired me back. So I went back to Arkansas Tech, was there for a while, was there for, for several years after that. Um, and then uh, got hired at Missouri Western as a defensive line coach. I'd always coach DBs and uh, head coach at Missouri Western hired me to coach D-line. And you and I have talked about this. I think as far as development around being a coordinator and understanding more of what I was asking coaches and players to do, I think that year did more to help me develop uh, in, in so many areas uh, that, it, you know, it's just, it's, it was a remarkable experience for me and it certainly made me a better coach. And I'm, I'm not saying I did a bang up job as a D line coach that year, you know, cause I, you know, very limited in, in what I knew, but it really gave me a, a great perspective around other things and not just, you know, what, I, you know, as a DB guy, you know, fussing about it. Well, if we had more pressure on the quarterback, you know, that <laughs> age, old, that, that age old thing, but the same thing, it, it kind of helped me think differently about, you know, if if I haven't really been thinking really well about what defensive linemen go through and what their life is like, then I probably haven't been fair to offensive linemen and quarterbacks and coaches on the other side of the ball and the special teams guy or the or the team travel guy. It just gave me new perspective as to how how tough everyone's job is, you know, and um, only did that for a year. And then uh, uh, the head coach made me the coordinator there. We left Missouri Western, went to West Texas as a staff. I went there and, and uh, you know, like, a, you know, like a lot of places when people win, you know, whether you're division one level or, or the NAI level or the high school level or wherever you're at, you know, if, if the school does a lot to give you an opportunity to win, it's funny how that aligns with more wins. Right. And we went to West Texas at a time when, the athletic director and the president were, were making a commitment to being good in football. And so I got to be a part of going there and, and being given resources and, and opportunities that the staffs before us probably didn't get, or I know they didn't get. And we got pretty good, pretty fast and we're real good defensively. And, you know, and that was certainly a result again, like I said, of, of the school making a commitment to allowing us to, to, to get guys in there. And then, uh, after being at West Texas, I got a head coaching job at a Division II school in Arkansas, at the University of Arkansas at Monticello. At the time I was hired there, 
they had the longest losing streak in college football at all levels. You know, it didn't matter whether it was junior college, NAIA to, to Power Five. They, they had the longest losing streak in America. So I'm guessing I didn't beat a lot of people out for the job. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, and, and I would like to tell you that I crushed it in an interview and it was an extensive interview, interview process. It wasn't, I rolled through town on my way to recruit to Mississippi JC's had a barbecue sandwich with the AD. And next thing I knew I was the coach there. So, uh, but it, but it was, you know, it was good. I was, you know, really fortunate and hired a bunch of great young coaches that loved ball and loved coaching and, you know, weren't worried about, resources and the size of the school or how great the stadium was or or even what they were making or what their job description was they just wanted a chance to coach college football and, and got a bunch of great guys in there and you know we won some games and those guys all went off and have had great careers and are at great places now and then uh went to minnesota state after that uh was there two years got out of coaching for a while uh kind of a crazy family deal but Came back home to Arkansas and uh, started coaching my son's third grade team uh, over in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Head coach there and I got to be friends. Our kids played baseball together and stuff. And you know, there was a uh, a time after you know after my son got through playing uh, third grade football all the way up, and my wife had passed away. That you know, coach asked me to to join his staff at the high school. I did that for a year, uh, just kind of piddling around, throwing some ball drills to the DBs in the afternoons, you know, and uh, kind of half-hearted deal, still working my, my other job. And then uh, took a year, didn't do that, and then went back uh, and got serious about it. He hired me to, you know, to be, a to be his coordinator on the defensive side. So went back then at Stillwater and, and went to work for him and um, kept a job outside of coaching as well, basically worked as a lay coach for him. And, you know, we had, you know, a lot of good players and, you know, and, and he does a coach Barnard at Silver does a great job. He had a great staff as a, you know, does a, it's built a great program. I was fortunate enough to get me a part of it where we had, you know, a good group of kids roll through and, you know, played for a couple state championships, didn't win either one of them, got beat both times in state championship game. And then, you know, and then Rowdy, like, you know, Coach Alexander hired me here at VA. And so that's that's how, you know, I got lucky enough to get hooked up and hang around you and Jay some. And so that's uh, a lot of stops along the way. I'm tired. <laughs> tired of just talking about it, huh? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, I think everyone that, that knows you, you know, kind of knows about uh, – and. And first, and, and we're not going to get into all your stories, but, uh, you know, me and Coach Higgins always say, you know, if there's any coach they should write a book about, it would be you. You know, half the stories I can't believe happened to anybody, let alone happened in your life. So um, one day, whenever you write that book, make sure and put our, our you know, an RTP something in the, in the foreword. Yeah, I will. You, you know, none of them are true. You know that, right? <laughs> They're all alleged. Yeah, alleged yeah, alleged. So, so coach, the, you know, obviously the thing that everyone sees and, and I'm not sure how many negative uh, descriptors you've probably heard for your defense, but everyone <laughs> says, yeah, you know, even in the office, you're trying to be nice and you're saying, yeah, you know, we go against this crazy defense all spring. 
Uh, and, and you probably don't think that's a negative thing as you say it as a coach, but who knows, you know, the way that you hear it, but uh, you've got guys, you know, standing up, you got guys walking around, you got defensive linemen, you know, standing. Um, it, where did all of that, you know, come from? Because it, it makes it hell for an offensive coach. Uh, you know, we know, cause we've seen several teams start implementing your stuff uh, around the state. But, but where does that come – where did that evolve from? Is that something that you, you know, always did in college? Is that something that you started with the Little League team and, and kind of worked your way around that? How did that come about? Because it's not – I would assume it's not like you can go clinic with a bunch of coaches across the country because you don't see it very often. No, and, and that's, a, that's a good question, Randy. It's kind of the – you know, it's kind of the question that is always when I know somebody's really – wants to really talk about what we're doing instead of just dismissing it, that I, that they're starting at the right place. Right. And so why do you do this and where did it come from? And so, you know, one thing I learned as a young coach was to listen to the older dudes that would share how they did things, why they did things and were successful. Right. And so I was never a guy as a young coach that wanted a, a play or a blitz or a drill. I wanted to know how you did everything and why you did it. And when it broke, how did you fix it? Right. And so uh, there were a couple guys in the South at the time when I was a younger coach that were pressure guys. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, I like to think that, you know, when, when it comes to play call and I'm going to default to pressure. And so, you know, I, I always feel like I've got people that are looking at the wrong thing and which I feel like always gives us a, a pretty good chance when all they see is that we stand some defensive linemen up, right? They're, they're not recognizing that the front is different every play and that there's, you know, at least five-man pressure almost every play or that there's four guys on a side every play and that the coverages aren't something that you coach your quarterbacks to work against and all that. And so if they – if people get caught up with just a shiny thing about all their defensive linemen stand up, that's only about a third of the time. But people feel like it's all you do, right? And so I say all that to say, when I was a young coach, there was a guy at Southern Miss who was an Arkansas guy named John Thompson that would, would let me come to spring practice and just hang out, right? And I didn't have a big network of college coaches that I could learn from. And I would just go down there and sit for days and watch practice and and sit in his meetings and, you know, and, and just, I hung on every word, you know, and, and so I learned how he taught a system, right? Not just a couple of things he did. And, you know, and he, he would stand some linemen up. Now he didn't stand them all up and things like that, you know, but he would stand the nose up or, you know, flex a three technique off the ball and do some stuff like that. There wasn't going on at, at that time. And so, but I, I learned more than anything you know, to have a really good system around all that you're doing, right? And if, you know, if it, you can make it fit in your system, then great. If it doesn't fit in your system, get rid of it. And one thing that I was going to be married to was D linemen were not going to be, you know, just be suburban. They were going to get a chance to enjoy the game and play and have fun. And I wasn't going to be locked into, they've got to be 6'3 and 330 and have a seven foot wingspan to be any good. You know, and so uh, that's that's kind of, you know, where I got started. And then, you know, and then the pressure thing, man, I, I want to make you block a lot of dudes where you're trying to run the football or I want to try to beat your protection. 
by just freeing a guy up, you know? And so that's kind of, hope that's answering your question. That's kind of where things go from. No, I, I gotcha. I was going to say that that's kind of the, you know, I would say when people look at your defense, like you said, like I said, they're going to say it looks a little bit, you know, different or weird or strange, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that it puts a lot of pressure on an offense. Um, and, and you let your, you know, you let high school kids, you've only got whoever you got in high school. Right. Like you said, you know, you're not going to have three or, you know, even better four giant six, three kids that, that can maul and play on the defensive line. Uh, you're not always going to have that at most places. Uh, and so letting those kids enjoy football, I would say the other thing, other than people saying, Hey, you know, the, the defense looks crazy. You would also say those guys play unbelievably hard, you know, yeah. you know, and I know you only had a year here at broken arrow and it, and it was starting to get to that, but you turn on that Stillwater film coach and, and it's unreal how fast, how physical, how hard those guys play. It's, it's unmatched, I think. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I kid around about this, you know, but I, I, but I do mean it as well, you know, is that, you know, if, if you take the idea of guys getting in stances and, you know, taking on a block or keying a running back or reading a guard or whatever you're teaching defensively, and I – and man, there's a million ways to skin cats. There's a whole bunch of guys that know a lot more defensive football than I know, you know, and so I don't ever claim to say I got the answers. I, I know that everything I do is an acquired taste, but it seems that kids acquire a taste for it way faster than other coaches do. Because <laughs> to your point, Rowdy, you know, when, when I give kids a run and start at the offensive line, or when I tell linebackers, we're going to bring two of you on every play and, and we start playing downhill at the snap instead of playing from a stance and, you know, and, you know, putting our hands in a certain place and, you know, and, and owning a gap and, and, you know, and, and fitting certain ways on certain, you know, certain schemes and things like that, you know, it lends itself to kids playing harder and faster. Now I know everybody says, my kids play really hard. I don't mean it in that way. I mean that when the ball moves, cats are flying, right? And the hard thing about getting kids to play hard and chase the ball and be a great defense isn't about once they get moving, getting them to continue to move. It's about getting them to get going, right? And, and typically the dudes you have the most trouble to get moving are those guys in the interior defensive line or in the box from a linebacker standpoint, right? And so – you know, I try to get those guys going before the snap. And to your point, that sure puts them in a spot where they're already running. And, man, it just kind of takes over that this is who they become, that, man, I'm going to run and chase and knock people down and be physical. And, you know, and, and little guys seem bigger when they're running at you, right? And big guys seem smaller when they're standing around. And so, you know, we just try to, to create just more people coming downhill at the snap. Coach, you, you know, you, you've talked a lot about, at least with me, hey, I'm an acquired taste. What I do is, is not for every coach. There's only, you know, there's certain amount of coaches out there that, that like this and, and can play ball this way. And like you said, it's not the only way. There's other great ways to play defense, but this is how I do it. Um, I would assume you get a lot of negative things thrown at you uh, because right. you are different, because it is different the way you guys play. 
Is that something that you had to learn to live with or something that your whole life, you don't really care what, what other people have to think or, or say, or if they've got the, you know, exact way they should do something, uh, you're going to do it the way that, that you believe and, and don't really care what others have to say. Well, so it's the beauty of being from LA, right? From being lower, <laughs> being from lower Arkansas. I'm raised with people who are making fun of something about me my entire life, right? I was dumb. I didn't talk right. You know, um, whatever it was. I mean, I was conditioned <laughs> to already deal with people cutting up and at my expense, right? And so why would I not embrace that as a football coach? You know, I mean, that's just what I've been, I've been my whole life. But, you know, I, I, I really do think that, you know, if you're going to be good at something, it's got to become who you are, right? This isn't, this isn't, you know, how we, how I teach kids to play defense isn't what I do. It's who I am. Right. And, and I think that any good coach with a system probably lives that way. Right. And so, you know, if this is who I am and you're making fun of me, then, you know, whatever, this is who I am. If it's what I do, there's a greater likelihood that I can be less committed. Right. I love that. I love to listen to coaches talk about, Hey, we were, we're three, four team, but we're thinking about getting an even front this year because it fits our kids better. I'm like, okay, well then you're not committed to anything. Right. And that's, that may not be the right way to think about it, but that's how I think about it. What I think about I'm committed to is I'm going to commit a whole bunch of dudes to running downhill and try to knock you out every play. That's what we're going to do. That's who I am. That's how we're going to coach. And that's what I'm committed to. If you want to laugh and make fun and cut up at that, that's fine. It ain't going to change who I am. It's not going to change what I'm doing. And so, you know, I just don't listen much. I gotcha. So, so your whole thing, right, coach, you came in and it was eat the captain. It's been eat the captain for a while. Um, <laughs> and, and so, and, and now you, you've got a whole, you know, defensive, you know, website that you're going to go and help coaches put this in if they want. And I know there's already, uh, you know, if you have any spots open, I guess is what I should say, uh, as many coaches have reached out to you, uh, at least since I've known you, uh, and kind of help them put this in and this whole defensive mindset. But my kind of favorite part is, so I got on the website, uh, I, I, I watched your very first video, uh, and then you talked about, you know, why it was eat the captain. And how the cool part I liked was, and maybe you can say it more eloquently than I did, but the part you liked about Jaws was Jaws did something different. He, he thought outside the box. Uh, all sharks are scary in the water. Uh, he was the first one to come out of water to get somebody. He was thinking outside the box. That was, and you put a lot of other cool stuff in there. That was the coolest part to me in that video was you talking about, I want the kids that are going to think outside the box uh, that don't want to just go with what everyone else is doing, but they want to go attack and, and, you know, think for themselves, which hopefully we talk about this later is, is huge in your defense. Yeah. And you know, Rowdy, it's, I love that you asked about that because you know, it's another one of those things that people can, you know, roll their eyes at you and they can laugh at you. And I'm like, okay, well then you're probably not a guy that I want to, that I'm probably, I'm probably not going to be a guy on your staff. You're not going to hire me or you're not going to work with me. And that's okay. I mean, that's, there's a million ways, a, you know, to do things, like I said, but, you know, a, a few, few years ago, it was, you know, I was out fishing in the Gulf with my son and a couple other football players and they were all about to be sophomores. Right. And we got lucky enough to get a, you know, about a 300 pound bull shark on the line, you know, and, 
and you know you got a bunch of 15 year old boys and you know and and so we had a big time and we got the got the shark up to the boat and took pictures with him and all that kind of stuff so it's really cool right and so the kids were talking about you know that's you know great defenses because these all these kids are all play defense and you know great defenses are like sharks and you know you're out in the ocean and probably you know a little weary from the heat and I'm like man forget that all sharks are the same y'all need to know about jaws Y'all need to see that movie. And so just start carrying on about, <laughs> man, that freaking bull shark let us reel him up to the boat. He wasn't that freaking bad. I mean, he, he wasn't nothing. Jaws would have jumped over the back of the boat and ate us. And so, you know, we came home with, you know, I just came home with, and that, I need to take that little, you know, adventure that we had and the, the experience that we had of catching that shark and take that and, and give kids a way to visualize how I want them to play, right? And, and you know, and at that time, Ole Miss had a great defense and they were the land sharks, you know, and their kids would jump up and put the fin up on their head and they were really good defensively. And that, so I was using, you know, some examples like, hey, everybody says they're a bunch of sharks. You know, everybody's out for blood, except everybody thinks about it the same way. We're just sharks. We're just really bad. We're really aggressive. And if you get near us, we're going to eat you. We're going to be like Jaws. We ain't even going to wait. It ain't about what they do. We're going to go freaking jump in the boat. We're going to break your boat. We're going to eat the freaking captain. And then we're going to swim away. Because we, at the time, we also were getting way too many 15-yard penalties. You know, we'd make a play, we'd act stupid. Right? And I, you know, and so I, when a kid graduates and has played three years for me, he's seen that minute and 34-second video of Jaws jumping in the boat, eating the captain, and swimming away, probably – couple hundred times every Friday, all every day in spring practice, fall camp. I mean, they've seen it and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want them to just keep me, dude, this is how we roll. We're not just going to wait on them. It's not just going to be, you know, how they're blocking us or what route they're running or what the protection was or who their best player is. We're, as soon as they'll let us, as soon as that ball will move, we're trying to kill people. We're, we're trying to go get after them. We're not waiting on anybody. And I think kids kind of get that, right? And like I said, it's easier to, to convince a 15-year-old kid or a 17-year-old kid that this is how we're going to play than it is a 35-year-old defensive line coach sometimes, you know, because, you know, kids are, don't have the, ex the experiences in the game that tells them something that, that this is counterintuitive to how we play. And like, hey, coach said, this is what we're going, how we're going to roll. So this is how I'm going to roll. And plus, it's got a lot of juice to it, you know, if you do it right. You know, it got to be a little bit stupid, which, you know, I qualify for that department. <laughs> and, you know, but I just think it gives kids a great visual of, man, yeah, Jaws was different. He had a different approach to the game. He had a different mentality. He wasn't just waiting around and going to be aggressive when the opportunity presented itself. He was going to go create his opportunity. And he wasn't going to just eat the scientist or eat the sheriff. He freaking got the captain. He got the guy in charge and took him out. And I just, I like that message. And so I'm kind of stuck with it. Coach, you, you talk about, you know, that, that visualization. Are there certain, you know, and I guess the, the buzzword these days has kind of been analytics, but are there, are there certain stats that you're kind of reinforcing that visual, visualization? I know at least in, in our defense here, you know, one, one of our kind of core principles is, is violence. And they're literally like, if there's any play that you showed, 
you know, violence, whether it's taking on a block, a hit, I mean, whatever it might be, you know, turnovers, whatever kind of stats that, that you're kind of trying to portray, eat the captain with your defense or those things that you track and then show your guys on a, on a, you know, weekend basis. Coach, that's an awesome question. And as dumb as I am, I am a guy that if you can't measure it, if you can't tell me statistically, analytically, to your point, whether or not we're being effective, I don't want an opinion. Oh, we played hard. Oh, we got after them. Oh, we were physical. I don't care about any of that. Those aren't measurables to me. And I talk to kids that maniacal effort is the ante to get in the game. I'm never going to just concede, you know, bless you for playing hard. That's a given, right? And so that's not a, that's never, that's, we don't even talk about whether or not we played hard or whether or not we were physical. There's two things to your point about analytics that I measure. And I think it fits exactly, and our kids get it, right? Is that 60% of an offensive snaps should be for zero yards or less. If we are truly attacking, getting after their butt, coming downhill every snap, putting pressure on them, you know, bringing four on a side, you know, there may be times when it's third long, we may rush two guys and they'll, they'll both be off the same side and drop nine. You know, to me, that's pressure because now I'm changing up, you know, the, the amount of time that you can stand on your spot. You've been used to having to get rid of it in one six. Now you can stand back there for two, two, but you don't feel like that because it hadn't been that way. And oh, but there's still two guys off this edge. We got nine guys. And so what I, what I measure all the time is plays there for zero yards or less. I will talk to our kids about we should lead the world in pre-snap penalties for offensive linemen flinching or falling out of their stance, right? We should lead the world in, off, in holding penalties. If we're just running up the field on people, they should be grabbing us. If they're grabbing us, the referees will throw flags, right? We're, we're, we should lead the, lead the world in frustration penalties by our opponents, right? And we should be tackling people in the backfield. You know, I talk to our kids about don't be shocked when you come through, you know, because most of the time kids miss tackles in the backfield because they're shocked no one blocked them, right? Because we don't teach them to get vertical. We don't teach them to go tackle in the backfield. We don't teach them to expect that. I start teaching our kids day one, man, and expect to be unblocked. It's what's going to happen. It's how we roll. you got to be under control and get guys on the ground back there. And so 60% or less or 60% or more, zero or less. Incomplete pass, a penalty, a tackle in the backfield, all of those, they count, all right? And then the second one is, I grade, you know, everybody talks about how they grade swarm. Oh, yeah, we, we swarm the ball. We really, okay, how do you grade it? What's your definition and how do you grade it? Our kids know and understand the definition of swarm, of a proper pursuit, right? And, and it's real simple for our kids. Here's the definition. Carry out your job, stick your foot in the ground, put a dot on the hip of the ball carrier, and you're hauling ass to that hip until the whistle blows or you're in on the tackle. Either you did or you didn't, right? And so if, if when I'm grading the video, if I've got a kid that's not tracking the hip of the bunker, he's taking a long cutoff angle, no good. You know, and I talk to our kids about mindless effort is of no value. I just assume you loaf is giving me mindless effort. You know, and I will talk to the kids about, you know, a guy playing hard going the wrong direction, 
knocks out his own people. Friendly fire kills, kills you just as fast as enemy fire, right? Guy playing hard going the wrong direction. A guy going hard, taking a terrible angle. Mindless efforts of no value. So 80% of our snaps in practice or in a game, I'm going to have 11 cats with a dot on the hip of the ball carrier going full speed till the whistle blew or until they got in on the tackle. I'm not saying the backside corner has to get to the ball. I'm not going to yell, get to the ball. You know, I'm not going to yell hustle. I'm not going to yell play hard. I'm going to tell them, put a dot on the hip and get there. Put a dot on the hip and get there. Put a dot on the hip and get there. And I try to carry, you know, make sure I carry the message to them that this is how we grade you. This is what matters. This is how missed tackles don't turn into positive yards, yards after contact, like you, like those offensive guys want to chart. You know, I, you know, I want our kids to know you got one job. Play like you're the only freaking dude on the field after you carry out your job. If you can't, if you don't get there, he's getting in. Play that way. And it's a pretty easy grade. And so 60% zero or less, 80% swarm on every play. If we get those two things, we played a heck of a defensive football game. Coach, you've already mentioned it a few few things uh, as we've talked. Uh, what I like to tell people uh, is that you're the king of simple football. And, and it sounds kind of like a negative, but it's not. Uh, it, it's the biggest thing that I've learned from you. Um, you look at, to me, all of the simple things that so many coaches gloss over and, and want to look at different schemes and this and that. And, and you're looking at the simple football. And, and obviously, I don't want you to give away everything, but – you're looking at things from, hey, how far does the quarterback throw the ball, uh, you know, from one side of the field to the other? Well, right. if he's only throwing it 20 yards, then we're not going to cover th at 35 yards. There's only right. a certain amount of the field. Hey, you know, what is the quarterback's – where does the quarterback throw the ball? Where's his launch point? Your time and how long it takes for his launch point. Uh, you're looking at, hey, what does the quarterback's head do right before the snap? Um, like you said – Every offensive coach there is, they've got a man on the slide side, and even to the slide side, hey, don't worry, the defense will never put two in one gap. Well, then sometimes you're putting two in one gap, which is just simple because the offense says that doesn't happen, so now you do it uh, and make those things happen like that. That's been, you know, the biggest thing for me being here for a year that I've gotten from you, and, and the list goes on and on and on, things that guys – over, has that how you've always been and how you've looked at personnel and in a game? Because that's something that a lot of coaches, and you know, me included, it's easy to look past all of those things. And, and really, most of those things are the things that actually matter. Yeah, Rowdy, that's a, again, that's a great question. And I'll tell you, guys, I, all I'd ever coach was college football, really. I mean, I got out of school and coached high school football for three years, and I was more worried about making sure the grass was cut right on the football field and the lines were straight because, you know, I was the low assistant, and that was way more important job than what I had coaching-wise is take care of the grass and things like that, right? And, and so I spent my career in college football. And then I came back to high school ball, and the first thing that hit me was how little time you have to prepare kids, how little meeting time you have. You know, you don't have the 29 days in spring ball. You know, I don't have them all summer. And, you know, and so how do I get everything taught? And, well, the, the reality is I don't get to teach everything I used to teach. But then I got to looking, and I'm seeing, well, offensive guys have the same problem I have, right? And now I, I'll give offensive guys credit. The offensive side of the ball – sure seems to evolve and take advantage of us defensive guys 
way faster than we seem to, you know, get you guys stopped. I mean, I mean, y'all, y'all move fast, right? And so, but you know, what I started seeing, you know, was like, okay, I, I'm prepared for this team, and they've got three protections, right, with the offensive line. You know, the the tackle has three different pass sets. You know, because I'm watching this Division One offensive tackle is being recruited by everybody in the nation, and just watching him as a player. And he's like, man, he's got, you know, three, three sets. You know, he takes a real good vertical set and gets plenty of depth and, you know, knocks people off their feet. And then, he, you know, he, he, he's got a good kick slide where he works the inside and, you know, keeps the, you know, keeps the point pretty good. And he, when he slides and they slide to protection, man, he's, he's down hard and, and really takes the B gap away, right? But then I'm liking, well, the quarterback's in the same spot on every one of those, right? And so they had three protections but one launch point. And as I started watching – and spending more time, you know, not worrying about what play are they running, you know. I mean, there's inside zone, outside zone, you know, cut split, you know, was it a bunch formation, was it two backs? I get that. But, man, the, the characteristics that people have offensively is about who their people are, right, or what the coaches can teach and have time to teach. So, lodge points for the quarterback is kind of an interesting thing to look at because – a lot of people may have three or four protections, but they have one launch point, right? And what I mean is they may have a drop back protection where the, where the tackle gets a good vertical set and he may be deeper than the quarterback. And if I'm not coaching my defensive kids up about vertical set and launch point, then what happens is my defensive end rushes around that tackle and both of them end up deeper than the quarterback. But if I'll teach my kid, hey man, the quarterback's going to be at five this week every freaking time. If that tackle sets vertical, forget it. Come underneath and hit the quarterback. He's going to be standing on this spot. Get to this spot every play, right? Or, you know, it's a hard slide protection. He's going to be at five and he's five foot nine. One, two, get your hands up. Bat the ball in the air, right? Instead of, oh, work a move. Forget that. Freak working a move. Get your hands up. Bat the ball in the air, right? And so, you know, I want kids to understand things about launch point. It's dumb to me to defend the whole field against high school quarterbacks, right? And so I want our kids to know how big a field are we defending with this guy? The ball's on the hash, you know, what, you know, we, everybody talks about, well, we got split rules, we got grass rules with the splits. That may change by week to week, depending on the guy we're playing against, right? And what they do offensively, you know, but I want our kids to know, hey, this guy's got a 25-yard arm. That's it. Man, don't be 35 yards down the field, you know? And or this guy's got a big arm, and, you know, and, you know, I want them to know the, the, the width and the depth of the field they're playing on, right? And I can, I can do that, you know, in practice. You know, I can teach them the width and depth of the field, you know, on the practice field. Uh, the, the time that it takes a quarterback to get a ball from the center to flip his hips and deliver a ball somewhere tells me a lot of times when I'm doing that stuff with five high guys in the secondary, how deep we can get. Because I can show our kids, like, dude, you got 2.7 seconds to get to seven yards of depth from the line of scrimmage. You can line up 20 yards deep and be fine if they're throwing quick. You're just going the right place. And so we can try to bait people into things and show quarterbacks stuff they don't see from week to week because we'll spend time, hopefully, in some areas that give us some opportunities to make some plays is all I all I try to do with stuff like that. Yeah, coach, you were kind of uh you you were three high safety before uh before that was the big buzzword the past few years. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's something else too I learned coaching high school football. Man, seven on seven in the summer is awesome, right? It's just, it, you know, and I was the typical defensive guy coming from college, coaching high school, seven on seven, stupid. It's not real football. Man, they ain't got to block nobody. Quarterback's got four seconds. That's not real. You know what? And I got my head handed to me that first summer. Everybody made me look stupid. Playing cover two, playing some palms, playing quarters. Oh, and then I got really, really smart. Played some man free because we're just going to man them. And the quarterback's got four seconds. It was everything I did was stupid, right? And so, <laughs> you know, but I'm a competitive dude. I want to be good in seven on seven. If we're going to play it, I want to win, right? So I started jacking around, putting all five guys back there deep in seven on seven. Because what I knew was still even watching seven on seven, most of the stuff the quarterbacks were doing weren't full field reads, right? He wasn't going from this side of the field to the other side of the field. And if he did, typically it was to a nine or come back on the backside and he wasn't very accurate. So when I start putting those guys five deep and inviting them to throw in front of us and running guys down and running guys across, what I started seeing was quarterback first, you know, he takes the ball and by the time he counts to two, now the coverage isn't what he thought. Now we've turned it into a two-second play because he's got to take the ball now. Now we're turning it back into a regular snap on Friday night. Or he throws it quick into us running into stuff. And so I just took that premise and started monkeying with different ways to put five guys across and bring them down in different combinations for seven on seven. Well, translated to Friday night. People don't block the perimeter very well because they don't know who the guy supporting the box is. And so it's just, and, you know, and again, you know, kids aren't much different than I am. I hate doing the same thing over and over. I hate it. I had to coach Palms coverage forever. I hate it. If two's out, work the one. Oh, I hated that crap. You know, right? I love going to practice and getting to do all this stuff. Right. Love 707 where put them five kids back there 17 yards deep. And three of you down, two of you deep. And let's see if he can figure it out. And if he's dumb enough to throw it early, we pick it. If he holds it, then he's going to throw a bad ball to the backside. And we'll get some incomplete passes. One stop in seven on seven, you win the game, right? We're not, we're not worrying about stopping on every series. We just need one stop. And so it just the, the seven on seven game really helped me get way better. And in developing that that five high stuff. So, coach, you know, not just simple football. The other big one that I stole from you um, is, and again, I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, I, and I know coaches can really dive into it uh, when we talk about your website here in a little bit. But um, is how much you let your players be in charge of things. I mean, yeah. um, and, and the cool part is you, you've got a few guys. And, and, you know, there's obviously there's blitzes, there's coverages, there's things that you can call, but there's also things that you can call that says, hey, you know what we've talked about this week. You know what I want to see out of this formation or this part of the field or this personnel. You make the call, whoever the kid is. Um, and, and it's something that me and Walls have talked about for years, you know, the beauty of that with offensive line, like with fold calls on inside zone is you're giving kids parameters, but then you're letting them make the call. So when they're watching film of the opponents, they want to watch film. They're looking at what next week's opponent's doing. They want to know because they want to make the right call because you've empowered them to do that. That, that you know, levels up their buy-in by a 1,000. Uh, that's the other thing that I've stolen, you know, from you, Coach, is 
you allow your players within parameters to go be players out there. It's not you sitting over there playing Madden. Uh, it, it's those kids buying in and, and within parameters, like I said, and at certain times, letting them make their calls. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Rowdy, a couple things, right. As you know, as a young coach, you know, like I remember when I first became a coordinator, right. I wanted to blitz all the time. I was a secondary guy. We'll cover them. I'm just calling blitzes. Right. And I, I don't know how many times my first year as a coordinator, I watched video on Sunday and thought, man, if I'd have called, if I'd have had that blitz from the other side, boy, we'd have killed them, you know, but you know, well, I called it from the field or I called it from the formation strength or, or whatever. Right. And you know what, but I would, we'd score 40 and give up 38 and we'd win. So I was a good coach. Right. And, but what I do know is that offensively people get in formations to run plays period. Right. That's what, that's what you do. Right. You put a fullback and a tight end on the same side to run, you know, power or stretch or, or GF counter, whatever you're running, but you're only going to run two or three things with right. him over there. You're going to, you know, you're going to get in, you know, in one back pistol to run stretch or to go boot or to, you know, or to go play action, you know, and throw the shot or whatever. Right. But there's only X things that everybody does offensively. And pretty well, you can bucket them by rules, right? Not pretty well. I, I think we just, we're going to live in this space where we say, if the, there's a fullback and he's here, this is what we're going to do. If there's a one, if there's one back in the backfield and he's here or here, this is what we're going to do. And if there's, if you can't decide what to do, then we're just going to bring everybody, right? When, when all else falls, <laughs> bring them all. And, um, but we, you know, we only, you know, people say, well, y'all got 8 million things you run. Actually, we don't. We run about four pressures. Now, we run them a bunch of different ways. Two linebackers, a linebacker in a safety, linebacker in a corner, a mic in a safety. But it's the same pressures because you're in the same formations offensively, right? You're, you're in two backs. You're in one back balanced. You're in, you know, you're one back with him on the side. You're under center. But, you know, but you're only in X number of formations. So we only need X number of calls. And we're just going to teach our kids, hey, here's the rules. They apply every week. So once we get through the third day of our install, we're done teaching blitzes and how we're going to run them. I'm not going to draw up stuff in the season, practice it two days for you to come knock my freaking teeth out on Friday night. You may knock my teeth out anyway. But it's sure not going to be because I gave my kids eight reps of something to try to stop you when you're really good at what you've been doing. We're going to have just as many reps at running two, two linebackers at your fullback with a twist on the backside as you've had reps of running power. And we'll just let, see, let the best man win, right? But I, I just I want to teach our kids our system. And I want our kids to know here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And freaking go attack. You know, and if I don't put them in that position, then I can show them all the sharp videos I want to show to show them, and I can yell hustle all I want to hustle. But I am not giving them the opportunity to go to, uh, jump in a boat and attack people. And so I'm just going to give them that chance, right? And and I want to have pressure on every play, and par downs, 
formations that, you know, where, you know, where personnel groups where they could be in a bunch of different stuff. I'm just going to give it to the kids on the field. Like you said, we've got a system. Kids looked at formation. It's simple for our kids. They're never wrong. They're never wrong. You know, and that's to your point, right? That's what's cool, man, is I never lose my mind on a kid because he called the wrong thing. Because they don't. It's so simple to get so many reps at it. They never call the wrong blitz. We may not, we may not run it exactly right, or somebody may get blocked, or we may be off on an aiming point or something, but we don't. And the same with the coverage in the back end, right? If you're an RPO team, I'm going to teach our kids which side is the RPO side. I'm not going to teach them what your routes are. I'm going to teach them this is the RPO side. And I want two guys down and one guy deep. We're going to change the combinations of who's down and who's deep based on the side that they're going to run RPO. And, and then we don't have to worry about, you know, is it bubble RPO? Is it a seam RPO? Is it going to run out? Is it a tagged run game? What is it? Doesn't matter. Here's the side. We'll, ro we'll rotate coverage this way. We'll blitz this way. And it's simple. And, and for real, and you know this, when in doubt, bring them all. It's what I'll always tell the backers. And if you're not sure what to call, just bring everybody. Love it. Coach, I'd also have to you know, ask, I, I would imagine then uh, adjustments as a defensive coordinator become pretty simple because honestly, you're probably, you know, talking to one or two guys, you know, quarterback in the defense and, and say, hey, you know, they're doing a couple of different things on, on film that we saw, you know, and there, there are a couple of different blocking schemes here. Maybe this is a better call. I would imagine adjustments become way easier at halftime or, or whenever you want to do it because you have those guys calling it. Yeah, coach, that's a great point. And I, I think Rowdy has seen this on my call sheet every week. And, and just like you guys do, I will have an if then column on all my pressures, right? For just what you're talking about, you know, if this, then that. So if we're running two backers at the fullback and they're running counter and we're not getting over there, right? So if trail blitz versus counter, then this. And so this is how we're going to fix it, right? So I go ahead and I, because to your point, I know what can happen to us, I think, right? I, I know, you know, what, how to beat me. I know when we mess up, typically here's what happened. Uh, so I, I should know, have some idea of how to fix it, right? And, you know, and so I don't want to have to wait till halftime, right? Or even worse, you know, you get in a game and, you know, well, they're not, you know, they've changed offensively altogether, right? They were a 10 personnel team the first four games of the season. Now we get in this game and they're 21 personnel and all of a sudden now they're running power and they've been running inside zone and boot for the whole freaking time and throwing quick. Well, I got a system that it's simple to fix now, right? And I'm not changing and drawing in the dirt. And, and I can, just like Rowdy's talking about, I can flip that pressure check and, you know, like, hey, dude, you know, I said we we're going to bring two off the edge away from the back, but they've put their best player at running at quarterback in a running zone read. And we didn't know they were going to do that, but we got an easy fix. Instead of bringing two off the edge away from the back, bring two off the edge to the back. And if the quarterback pulls it, we got two guys there. We'll just make them give and we'll freaking chase the zone down with the slam. So to your point, I, I got some easy fixes, right? And I, and it, it never comes down to me having to draw up something new, 
you know, we can change an alignment here and there because we got lots of alignments, right? We can put all the backers in the line of scrimmage. We can stand everybody up. We can stand a couple dudes up. We can put the mic in the A-gap. We have all that already. We practice that way every day. So if we got a gap problem, whatever, we just walk some dudes up or back some guys up or, you know, we got ways to fix it. So I, I hope that's answering your question, Coach. So, Coach, it definitely does. Uh, so, obviously, uh, you know, we we both kind of got let go or whatever happened at Broken Arrow. So, so we had some time to figure out what we were going to do. Um, you know, uh, so – so we start talking and, and you tell me, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to create this website. You know, I, I've been around you only about a year coach and, and I've seen how many DMS and how many emails and how many texts you get from, from coaches uh, across the country, really, you know, wanting to know more about your defense. They've seen how you set it up. They know how great of a guy you are. You know, they want to know all this stuff. Well, obviously you're kind of what we got to with our, with our premium website. It, it's you know different what we're doing, but, you know, we got inundated with questions and different things. We just, we didn't have the time to get to all of it. And so, you know, we've made a, you know, monthly subscription so we could try to help, you know, streamline some of those questions, some of those answers, uh, you know, and you decided to do the same thing with eat the captain. Um, and, and, you know, so talk about your website a little bit, coach. I, I know it's, you've already got a ton of teams. I don't know if you've already filled up or not, but uh, hopefully not, not yet, uh, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of coaches that, that want you to come out. Uh, I thought it was awesome because, you know, and there's different, I'm sure, payments, different things you guys have, but you can go from teaching it through elementary. You can help with middle school coaches. You can help the, the high school coaches. You know, you've got your own playbook. you got the playbook system that we actually work with, Just Play. Um, you've got the ability to go out to schools and help them with that. Uh, with some of your other business dealings, you know, you know how to help them find ways to, uh, you know, raise money to help, you know, their pockets with with the expense of of bringing you and your team in or or over Zoom. Talk a little bit about it. Uh, you know, kind of how you guys how you started Eat the Captain website. Uh, what the website is, you know, how they can find it, and then kind of what you're offering to coaches because I think it's it's unbelievable, and, and the way that you've set it up uh, is really, really sweet. Well, thanks, Rowdy. So, yeah, so here's the thing, and, and you kind of hit on it is, you know, it's funny how when you win games, it's usually a result of really good players. It's typically not a result <laughs> right. of the system, Right. But people start to associate systems with really good players. I mean, winning with systems and sometimes, you know, forget there's a bunch of good players out there, right? And so uh, as we were winning games at Stillwater, and even back when I was coaching in college, you know, I got to thinking back is I got a a chance a lot to to visit with people about stuff. Because when you're a little bit different and unique in your approach, you know, people want to ask some questions, right? And then they – Maybe they want to ask a few more, but they never get all the information they want, right? And I think back to when I was a young coach and going to Southern Miss every year for spring break and, you know, going down there and just, you know, hanging on every word that John Thompson said and going to every practice and and how much I learned, right, and how much I implemented and how much it meant over the course of my career. And then, I, you know, I raised a kid that was a, a safety, right, and I coached my own kid and and so I still think back to my experience as a young coach going to Southern Miss impacted my son and kids in his class. And I just think that's cool, right? Is that 
I'm looking, John Thompson gave to my kid, right? Now, that's corny. That's what happens when you get old. You know, you're not at that point yet, but that's how I think nowadays, right? <laughs> but right. I also know that, you know, if people know enough about what we're doing, you don't have to be the guy that sits there and says, I'm a three, four guy, but I'm going to get an even front because it fits our kids better. You don't got to be that guy no more, right? You're that guy that says, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to freaking line my kids up and we're going to come get after your butt. And if you freaking give me a running back I can blitz off of, we're going to put four on the side on you all freaking night, right? And you can live in that space, right? And, and I really do think that way. And I know, you know, to your point, Rowdy, I've coached third graders that went out on the field and called pressures, and we never called nothing. Hey, dude, just look at the backfield. You got these two pressures, call one of them. You know, they're in a third grade. Well, you can imagine what that looked like. Blitzing in third grade football, we were ending up in freaking fights and stuff. It was awesome, right? But <laughs> what I wanted to do was I wanted to give people access to everything I got, not just you know, hey, coach, can you talk to me for an hour on the phone or can you send me some video? That's the worst thing somebody can do is watch some video of us and think you've got figured out what we're doing, right? Or talk to me for an hour and then watch one of our games. Well, I might have made a couple of adjustments like Coach Walls is talking about where we were calling a pressure opposite because of a guy or something. So I put everything together in a place. And like you said, just plays an awesome platform. And those guys helped me get it right. And, you know, and, and what I did was I went through everything I've got and I took years of cut up videos and every call has video attached. Right. And I did, I built out the install schedule. Right. Cause people's like, well, how do you teach all that? I teach it in five days. Well, I, you know, our kids can't learn that fast. You're right, because you can't teach that fast, right? But if you can teach, <laughs> right? And so, you know, but I put in a five day install, you know, and, and encourage people stay on the schedule, man. Work, push, keep your foot on the gas. But what I did was put it all together for somebody to say, okay, here's everything I need. Here's an install schedule. Here's his terminology. Here's play-by-play, call-by-call, drawn out, written out, videoed attached, all of that. Here's a voiceover video library where he's going over calls and explaining it to me. I can on-demand watch that thing as many times as I want and learn it, and I can go back. There's, there's, you know, there's uh, presentations about uh, team pursuit and swarm. There's, you know, things about... You know, interceptions and zone coverage, how to play pure zone instead of route matching and stuff like that. And so I put all that together and I even went and went and got a built me a Google classroom and built out classes and for both high school level and youth level. Right. And so, you know, you're like, well, you know, kids in the eighth grade, there's no way you can. Yeah, actually, you can. You can do it in the third grade if you want to. Right. And what I've done is said, OK, if you really, really want to be a pressure guy, if you want to line your kids up and try to knock people out of their shoes every freaking play and you want to bring six dudes and seven dudes and and have your kids flying around, 
then you might want to check this out. But you need to let me spend a day with you before you do that. Before you spend any money, let me spend a day with you. Let me take you through and let you decide, okay, yeah, I want to do that. Then if you do want to do that, then here's what you can do. You can get it right here, right? And $1,500 a year gives you all your playbook, all your videos, all your install, present classes that you could share with your kids, classes that you could give to your coaches on your staff. You know, the youth class actually has quizzes built at the end of each course for coaches to take the quizzes, right? And, and, and I'm going to keep adding classes in the, in the Google Classroom. But I, I went ahead and did two big install ones, one for old kids, one for young kids. But my, my thinking is this, right? There's nothing worse than having just enough of something to screw it up and swear off of it. And I've seen too many people do that. I've seen too many guys ask me a couple questions, try something once, it didn't work, this is stupid, and go back to being the three, four guy that switches to even front because it fits my kids better. And then goes back to three, four because it fits my kids better. And so I'm just trying to tell people, hey, if you want to be a pressure defense, where that's just what you do, where, you, where your offensive coaches hate you in spring ball, where when you go to a team camp, you know, people don't want, want to be against you or they're going to be freaking yelling and screaming when they throw one over your head, you know, and, you know, there's going to be a different level of juice involved when you get involved in a drill you want your kids to think and act differently, then here's what it is. And I'm going to, you know, have a class on there about sideline organization, both in practice and in the games, you know, how we continue to, pull, you know, push the pedal on our kids when they're not on the field, right? And, or how they take the field or how we organize our practice, all of that. But I've put it all there. And like, you know, Rowdy, I've shown, you, shown it to you. And what I've done is I've gone back and thought, what were all the things that I either got or needed when I was learning the things I was learning defensively? And I've tried to make sure every one of those is in there. And, you know, some of the cut up videos are probably, you know, they're probably a little long, you know, eight minutes of a corner blitz is probably kind of long. If you don't want to watch all eight minutes, you don't have to, but if you want to watch eight minutes, it's there. And so um, and I just tried to make it really good. Now, the forum, what I'm going to do in the forum on the website is I'm going to put a brief class, you know, like a 10-minute video, you know, with, a, with some instruction in the forum each month, right? But my hope in the forum is this. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. But if there's 30 of us with that acquired taste, sharing ideas, asking questions, you know, commiserating in, in misery, then we'll all get better. And then what else I'm going to do is I'm not going to say, hey, here's where you're at. Take it and go fly, right? I'm going to Zoom meetings with people all spring, all summer, and two nights a week during the fall. So if you're sitting there and you're getting ready to go play a, an option team, you know, they're a flex bone option, you know, I know you don't blitz that, you know, what are you going to do against that? Okay, then we'll have a 30-minute Zoom call. We'll watch some video. And, and some people, Rowdy, have already started, you know, like putting me in their huddle, you know, having me watch video with them, you know, and, and that's awesome. And I will do whatever someone needs, you know, and what I would tell you is this. 
You know, $1,500 I get is a ton of money, right? I think when you go look at it, you're going to say, I can't believe this guy's doing this for that, right? <laughs> right. And, and, and like you said, if, if there's something you want to do and you're struggling with, man, my, it's 2020 was a terrible fundraising year. I don't have the money in my budget, you know, whatever. I got a couple of things that maybe we can do. I've got a couple of schools that already told me, coach, we we're, need to do this, but I can't pay until July 1 because that's my new budget year. Just let me know. I just want to see people have everything they want and need to go bring a corner on second and two or to bring 10 guys on the goal line instead of covering the wideouts because that's how we roll. And having more dudes be like, yep, that old fool changed the way I play, you know, and, and I've kidded around with you and I mean it, you know. I've, I take the thought of JT making a difference 30 years later for my son playing, right? I want some young coach today to be looking back 30 years from now, talking about that crazy fool that had, you know, showed that shark video 100 times a year to his kids, got me to think different and get my kids coached different when it came to coaching ball. So anyway, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Coach, I love it. Obviously, that's why, you know, other than just to talk with you about football, I wanted to have you on here because it's an unbelievable – I know you said 1500 sounds like a lot. Um, it doesn't when you think of what you're paying a, an assistant coach. I mean, just a regular assistant coach, you're paying them a lot more than that for a stipend. And, and like you said, you're going to be there two times a week in the fall. You're going to be, you know, throughout the spring. You're a football guy that loves football. So, uh, like you said, people are putting you in your huddle. It's an unbelievable discount, let alone, you know, if they are struggling, you can help them out. I loved the idea. I was so excited to get to be um, a, uh, you know, a sounding board for you when you were creating it um, and, and, you know, saying, hey, I love this. Uh, what about this? Uh, and, and you teaching me stuff for my website. It's been awesome. Uh, and so I, I'm excited about it. It's at Eat the Captain. Uh, it's dot. Org. Eat the org, captain. correct? Yep. Eat the Eat Captain. The dot org. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, and, and like we've talked to, I think it's obviously best to put it in as the entire uh, defense because you've got so much built up. But if, if there's a team looking for a, and I'm going to say it again, hopefully it's, you don't take it as a shot. You're looking for a crazy third and long defense that you want to find some pressures and, and, you know, let your kids, you know, buy in and, and have some of that on a third and long package. And, and you want to find an easy way to bring pressure and really get after it on a third down or on a second and long or whatever that is. It's also an opportunity for coaches to, to do that even if they don't want to buy into having that as their whole defense, Hey, here's our third down package. Let's go get after people on third downs. Yeah. Rowdy, that's a great point. And, and you brought up two points there that I probably should have said something. And it's, you know, it's being young and smart versus old and dumb is first off the thing about the pressure deal. People say, well, then you're playing man all the time. And I, you know, we don't like to play man. We never play man ever. We play zone every freaking play. If we have 70 snaps in a game, you know, there might be two snaps of man. We bring seven-man pressure and play zone. That's just – we're going to play zone because two things. We can see the ball and go get it. And if the ball does pop, if you do block us and the guy gets out, we tackle him for eight instead of it going 60 for a touchdown. So we just don't play man, you know. 
And again, that seven on seven kind of beat me out of playing man. And I like coaching man, but anyway. Uh, and then the second thing is my whole point about the whole eat the captain thing was this, you know, like me and you sitting down in the office talking football all day. I don't have any other hobbies, man. This is what I do. And the thought of having 18, 20, 40, however many schools it is that hire me as a virtual assistant and want me to talk ball with them, man, that's the coolest thing ever. You know? so <laughs> that's right. I want people to look at it like I'm not buying a playbook. I'm hiring an assistant coach who's given me his playbook, which I may or may not use any of or all of, but I got this guy, right? And, you know, I'm going to learn a ton from people already learned some stuff from a guy in Minnesota, you know, you know, cause he plays a bunch of wing T teams. So we've been talking wing T and I've learned a lot about what he sees up there. So I just think it's a, it's a great chance for me both to, you know, keep filling my cup, but to, you know, to keep learning too, man. And so I just appreciate you guys letting me talk about it. Coach, it's an awesome deal, man. I tell you, you know, you, like you said, you, the, the value that you could provide. I mean, Harp and I have had so many conversations about this with coaches. I mean, Im- imagine the amount of dollars you spend. You know, oh, I'm, I'm going to fly down to Georgia or I'm going to fly down to, to Alabama or I'm going to, you know, go, go do this. I'm going to go to this Glacier Clinic. By the time you bring your whole staff, dude, $1,500 is a drop in the bucket. So yeah, coach, you, you, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you're, you're providing a, a tremendous value. Like you said, you have that resource there to be able to fix anything. And at any time you need it, it's worth every penny. There's no doubt about it. Oh. And like we yeah. say, guys are paying for time, coach. You put a lot of time into it in your life. Uh, instead of, you know, a coach having to go search and find it for, uh, you know, 50 years or whatever you've been in football, coach, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> you know, get that in a, in a week. Uh, that's pretty nice to have. Well, coach, we told you it'll only be an hour. But before we let you go, what I like to ask everybody is when you're watching another team's offensive line and you guys had a really, really good one over there at Stillwater, uh, you, you had a, you know, one of the best offensive line coaches in the state, you know, there at Stillwater. But when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they would be doing that would make you think highly other offensive line coach? First off, the thing is when I watch the end zone copy, man, if those dudes are all stepping the same and playing on the same plane, I, to me, that's a reflection of the coach, right? If I'm watching end zone copy and those cats are stepping all over the place, I'm like, we're going to run right by these fools, right? When I watch the end zone copy of your video of Rowdy of your guys, you know, if y'all are gapping something up, man, everybody's on the, you know, they got the same steps. They're going the same place. They got the same pad level. They work in unison, right? And to me, an offensive line is a lot like a secondary, man. They got to look and play exactly alike, right? Everybody's got to be, they got to be doing it the same. And uniformity along with physicality, but, you know, I, I mean, people say, well, give me one, they'll kill you. I get it. But if I had to pick one of the two, uniformity or physicality, I'd probably take uniformity because I could see, I've seen kids that weren't the most physical be really good players, right? Now, you give me one that's uniform and physical, I'll show you a bunch of wins every game. But to me, that's the two things I look at, man, is how uniform are they in their stance, in alignment, you know, in, in, in where they go, how they go, hand placement, all of those things, you know, that, to me, that's a big deal. And that's going to do it. 
for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.